Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The freedom. We must do something about this immediately. He got his hat on. No, I did, but I took it off. He knows the uh, the freedom from the the freedom from religion foundation piled into the fifty nine Pontiac hearse. There they went. There they went. They raced down to Georgia. Uh, because they wanted to, they said they put an end to a Georgia high school coach's practice of praying with his players. That's what America they needs. needed to stop. What's that. wrong with them? After a national atheist group said it put an end to a Georgia high school coach's practice of praying with his players, prayer among the students at games has exploded. See, you got to fight back. Yeah, where are we headed? I, I don't know. The Freedom From Religion Foundation said in a news release that a concerned local community member told the group that John Small, the football coach at East Coetta High School football in Sharpsburg, had made it a habit to pray with his team. And someone filmed it at a recent game. And they got that film to the Annie Gaylor group near Madison, Wisconsin, and they all piled into the 1959 Pontiac hearse. And what's the sound they made when they took off? And if somebody's standing in the way, the hearse. So the so the Freedom from Religion Foundation sent an October 25 letter to the Coweta County School System warning that it's unconstitutional for public school coaches to further personal religious beliefs by leading their teams in prayer. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, it isn't unconstitutional. What the hell do they care? Right. And here's a better siren, by the way. You're you're losing it. You sound like an animal. Yeah. No, that's how the old you're, you're school siren. Distressed. It was like a deer that got hit yeah. by a semi. <laughs> you're losing it. <laughs> now it's wolf. Yeah. The district responded with a memo to principals that representatives of the school cannot participate in any school-initiated student-led prayer or other worship while acting in their official capacity. In other words, why did the school district buckle so quickly right. to these nutheads? Uh, for instance, they cannot join hands, bow their heads, take a knee, or commit another act that otherwise manifests approval with the student's religious exercise, at least where it would be perceived by a reasonable observer to display government endorsement of religion. B as in B, 
S as in S. So how did the students and players respond? Prior to the first game after the memo was issued, East Coweta football players gathered near the bleachers to pray with the crowd. Instead of it being 100 players praying, it turned into 400 students praying, Small told the Christian Post. That's, uh, that's their right, and we're going to support them in that. Small, the coach, added uh, that when you tell teenagers they can't do something, surely they are going to do it. It has really turned into a positive because at the end of the day, we are trying to teach students about leadership, and they should be ones taking charge on it anyway. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes is scheduled to host a community prayer rally Thursday night at East Coweta's Garland Shoemake Stadium. Small told the Post that a lot of people wanted to join up and have a community prayer. We are obviously under attack all the time. This battle is not a fleshly battle. This is a battle against principalities of darkness. This is what the Word says. Rob Brass, an FCA director in the southwest metro Atlanta region, told the outlet that it was a natural reaction for us as followers of Christ. As As Coach said, this is a spiritual war. Brass added, noting that the circumstances forces in some ways our kids to step into that leadership role and take the movement and carry that banner forward themselves. Part of, part of the beauty of this whole thing is that the kids are stepping up. The really the rally really is not an end game, Brass noted to the outlet. It's a launching pad into the next season of what we are entering into. We want to make sure that the kids know they have the keys to drive this thing. Full ownership. Well, that's what you gotta do. What in Fight God's back. name? What in God's name? Where was this? Uh, Georgia. What? First of all, uh, this introduction of the Constitution is nonsense. There's there's nothing in the Constitution that would prohibit a coach from gathering his players around and saying, "Hey, dear God, hope we don't die," right. or whatever they say. Right. And uh, secondly, why, why did this bother these these dark people at the Freedom from Religion Foundation? How how again? Go back to the basic question. Yeah. How are they making the world better? Well, that's what I say. To put that much effort into something that really doesn't have an effect. Who cares? On, uh, on, it affects what? How many? Uh, 200 uh, people? It affected a high, high school football team. <sighs> and I wonder why, who the why, why do was. they? Why do they pot? Well, I, you know why they get involved is because it's, it's how they stay alive. It's how they, they think stay relevant. They, yeah. it's, it's how they think they stay relevant. And, it, and then they're, they're nuts. They're just nuts. So with a limping the- with a limping siren, with a limping siren, a weakening siren, the 1959 Pontiac ambulance hearse turned around and crawled back up the freeway, defeated on this occasion. Maybe this is better. That's British, isn't that's, it? Uh, that's Europe. Quite right. <laughs> no, you just you just took us to Europe. And then there's, you know, you can always, there's this one. That one always scares you. That's when they an fire air raid that one out, huh? That's an air raid set. Yeah, still a defense. Yeah. Everything's okay, folks. We're not, uh, we're okay. Where are, are we? we? Are we okay? Are we okay? <laughs> no. No. Where are we headed? School kids should be encouraged to pick their gender and even choose a new name without input from their parents. The Delaware Department of Education is considering a regulation requiring schools to let children choose their gender identity and race at school without consulting their parents. 
The policy is intended to protect children struggling with their identities, but critics say it's a misguided and unconstitutional because it would let schools come between parents and their kids and pressure boys and girls to have the opposite gender in their locker rooms. More accommodation, more special accommodation, rather than just say you got to go left or right, you got to go to the boys or you got to go to the girls. Where are we going? Where are we headed? Uh, spiraling, spiraling towards um, the the center of uh, the Samer theory. That, that's that must be what it is. That has to be the answer. Samer was onto it, and and that really explains so much behavior that is just dismissed by other people who have already been. Affected by Samer theory, their brain has been cooking because of microwaves and phones. Right, but but also peculiar to uh, the atheist story in Georgia and the Delaware story is the mystery. The the these activities, these uh, imperatives, uh, help to bring about the mystery, which is the creation of a country that is not the United States. What what is it going to be? Chaos, misery shared equally. A, co- a complete collapse of competition, commerce, capitalism, competitiveness. Are they trying to go back to co- go to communism? Because that doesn't really work. Doesn't work in any country today. Oh, China. But you know, I love I the fact that the '59 Pontiac Hearse. They were boasting that they brought an end to that pregame little <laughs> prayer ritual in Georgia, only to have it backfire on. Eat them. a little. Uh, eat, eat a little, little crow? ambulance crow. A little huh? ambulance crow there. <laughs> That rusty 59 Pontiac hearse limping back up the freeway to Madison. See you. Wisconsin. You'll learn more here by accident than elsewhere by design. Here's Joe Suchere. You know what they've dreamed up now in the failed academy? I I, I don't know how much I can take. But if you want the academy, women are more vulnerable to the dangers of global warming than men, say leading academics. Women in poorer countries tend to be more vulnerable because when disasters strike, sexist social structures mean they are far more likely to be in the home cooking, cleaning, or looking after others, putting them at greater risk from collapsing buildings. Wow. That's some heavy-duty research, is it not? But that is just one of many reasons why women tend to suffer disproportionately in natural disasters in the developing world. The research suggests that women could be considered more vulnerable in severe storms because they are less likely to have been taught how to swim. What? Did you add that as a joke? No, it's it's right here. This is from the Independent UK. Brian alerted me to this. Wow. And there, as well as there being more unlikely to own a mobile phone. Uh, most of the gals I know. Well, this is a developing world. That's true. So they're saying women suffer more because of their domestic duties than, um, right? than men do. Plus, they haven't been taught how to swim and they wear long clothing. All right. 
Well, let's edu- let's educate these people. Let's go. In the most extreme cases of disasters in patriarchal societies, women may be unable to leave the house without a male companion, or their movement can be hampered by long clothing. Experts said. Wow. Experts. They're experts. Who are these experts? Back the in the academy. Yeah. In the academy. Are you an expert? Climate change makes all of the very big and complex problems that exist in the world today a whole lot worse, said Professor Hilary Bambrick of Western Sydney University, uh, who points out that 90% of the 150,000 people killed in the 1991 Bangladesh cyclone were women. If political leaders around the world are serious about gender equality, they must also get serious about climate change, he said. Well, I got news for you, lady. Yep. Uh, It ain't my fault. Uh, if a woman can't leave her house without a male, that that's that's a systemic problem that has nothing to do with nature. That's a belief that should be changed. If you believe that that you cannot leave the house unless you're accompanied by a male, um, that belief really uh, needs to be changed because you can. You are as free as he is. See, because I drive a car, some woman in Bangladesh is at a disadvantage. Uh, because she doesn't know how to swim and wears long clothing and and may have to leave the house only with, with the accompaniment of a male. Well, that That's would, my fault. Yeah. It would be a bummer to have all that clothing none of on. Because none, so none of these screwballs ever point to the source, which is you, you people are living in a backward society. It's not my fault. Right. That's that's what I'm saying. You educate. If you educate these these women to say, you know, you can be independent. Not only do women typically suffer more than men in the kind of climate-related disasters likely to result from global warming, they are also more vulnerable from the day-to-day impact of rising temperatures. They are more exposed to mosquitoes, uh, mosquito-borne uh, diseases, including malaria, dengue, dengue, and chicka, chicka, yeah, chicken. Dengue, I'm not a big fan of. And chikagunya, yeah. which they come into contact with throughout the duties of water collection and food harvesting that typically fall to women and which are transmitted through floods and rising humidity. How do you spell Bengay? D-E-N-G-U-E. Oh. Dengue. D-E-N-G-U-E. Women are, women are also more likely to go without food in the event of food shortages because of drought, while water scarcity means they sometimes have to travel huge distances to collect water. This task will become more difficult and require longer walking distances, which may heighten the risk of women and girls being assaulted. Well, that's because you got a you got a backwards uh, operation going there, lady. You know, there's um. You don't think a woman in this country would would feed a child before she fed herself? I think every woman in this country would feed the child. So before so would so would dad. Uh, uh, but we're, but when on, when, whoa, but whoa, when whoa, these whoa. but when these you know, aca- no. depending on what it is yeah. But when these academics are saying this, it's it's clearly implied that they're admonishing Western civilization. They're clearly admonishing right. Western civilization. Right. And they're the ones that are way behind. Uh, you got your choice between um, dengue and severe dengue. I'll go with the dengue. I just, you know, just give me a little dengue. Severe, I really want to avoid. Depends on how bad, you know, the pain is to put right. some more yeah. of that dengue right. Severe, right. That's, that's, it's serious. 
The disparity between men and women will be, will be much lower in wealthy countries. There, here's our admonishment. With relatively stronger gender equality and where the fallout from global warming is likely to be comparatively small. That paragraph might as well said, it's you Western people that are bringing this, are, are raining this evil down on the world. You're, hmm. you're bringing us the evil of, of global climate change. No, why, do we no always, not. why do we always have the target on our back? And, because and we're, we're, because that, we're successful and wealthy. Well, that means we took the risks and we followed through with it and uh, we achieved success. Nearly 3,000 women across the world are calling on political leaders to put women's vulnerability to global warming at the center of their action to tackle climate change ahead of a key U.N. summit in Paris in December, which aims to reach an agreement on how best to tackle global warming. And they'll all fly to that in their private jets. It's all BS, folks. I've never I've never been more sure of anything in my life. They have signed up to the Women's Global Call for Climate Justice, uh, a global coalition of representative groups which urges that women be heavily involved at all levels of the discussions in Paris. Uh, they are also pushing for numerous specific measures to be introduced around the world that will help women weather climate change, such as making sure typhoon shelters have separate female and male toilets. <laughs> so that women will feel safe to go there during a storm. Okay. Uh, then build separate cans. What do I care? Build you know, separate cans. I was thinking of a little third world humor. Well. And uh, you know how you go out and you meet Are the you new gal. at it? Yeah. You meet the, you're going out with the guys. Yeah. And, you know, you meet the new gals and maybe they're just out of the village and they're sitting around the the, the fire. They got the rabbit on the, the spit. Yeah. And... Uh, and the one guy's so giving, far I'm with you. The one guy's giving the other guy a heart attack. You know how we always say like to Johnny Height, hey, remember when you had your heart attack? Yeah. And he says, Hey, I didn't have a heart attack. Right. But you're saying to, you know, Umbu over there, hey Umbu, hey, remember when you had uh, severe dengue? And he says, Hey, 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 I just had dengue. I didn't have severe. <laughs> you know, he's trying to impress what the, the hell? <laughs> You know? But you get what I'm trying to say? Well, he's, what was hey, oddly, I followed you. Remember when you had severe dengue? What was his name? Uh, Umbu. Umbu? Umbu over there. He's got Umbu. the thing, and he's, hey, remember uh, when you had severe dengue? Hey, hey, hey. And it's the nudge, too, right? Yeah. The, hey, Umbu, hey. hey, remember when you had severe dengue and you couldn't play basketball? Don't worry. We're in good hands because Christiana Figueres, the U.N.'s climate chief, will be in charge of the Paris talks, and she's pledged to put gender at the center of the discussions. All right. Because gender <laughs> is what you need to factor in when it rains. All right, watch this. Hey, Bruce. Yeah. Remember when you had severe dengue in high school? No, it was just had dengue. It was just regular dengue. Oh, regular dengue. Okay. Yeah. That, Otherwise, he wouldn't be okay. My mistake. There. I did have dysentery last week, and that was no fun. No. <laughs> All right, we'll be back shortly. But you're me off. You're me off. What's up, me off? Here's John Height. Thanks, Joe. Cloudy and 33. Was that your edit? Was that your edit? Me off? Yes. Whatever happened to Meyer Hawthorne? He's still around. Yeah. Uh, album about six months ago. That was very good, actually. <laughs> Uh, this, uh, uh, that was his last name. Don't, yeah. This, this, frequent emailer, <laughs> yeah. Uh, frequent emailer Terry has a great point. He said, let me get this straight. Check this out. They need separate typhoon-proof bathrooms so the women feel safe. But back in this country, women don't have anything to fear from having men in the women's bathrooms. Huh? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so update brought to you by the Duluth Trading Company. Visit Duluth Trading Company stores in Fridley, Bloomington, and downtown Duluth. Vikings coach Mike Zimmer said today that Case Keenum will start for the Vikings against the Rams on Sunday. I uh, would hope so. Uh, Keenum had that great game last week. A couple late interceptions that kept Washington in the game at the time. Uh, what did the coach tell Keenum about those interceptions? I don't know. What? 
Uh, well, hang on a second. Uh, so pretty good did, work here, Larry. Something tell. happened here. Mm -hmm. Johnny, where did you put that? It was uh, in the news oh. cuts thing. <laughs> there, the, the news thing. Yeah. Don't, Don't do that. There. There it, there it is. is. There it is. Well, it went so fast, we didn't hear it. That's why. <laughs> Don't do that. Meanwhile, the Vikings, of course, as we heard yesterday, have taken issue with Panthers tight end Greg Olson, serving as a broadcaster for Sunday's game against the Rams because they think he could take things he learns while on the job and funnel them back to the Panthers, and the Panthers play the Vikings later on this season. Is this guy that complex of a guy that he could do all that stuff while he's in the booth? Well, here's what I don't understand, and, and Pat thoroughly dismissed my argument yesterday, which is I what he normally I, I, does. I, 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 but I, I don't get why the league is allowing this to happen. He is a he is an active player for another team. And why the Panthers have signed off on him doing this work for Fox when he's still under contract with them. I don't, I don't get it at all. Neither do I, too. Huh? Neither do I, too. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, it's, it's kind of stupid. Well, Olsen today says, uh, uh, don't worry about it. He said, well, there will be production meetings with Fox Sports personnel. He said today, if you're spilling your deepest, darkest game plan secrets to the broadcast crew, that's kind of on you. And he said he's not going to learn anything more than the scouts that already attend games are going to learn. He said, the notion that I'm going to gain an unfair advantage is crazy. We have scouts at every game across the league. I'm going to have enough trouble on my hands broadcasting a game, let alone looking for little nuances on the sideline. I don't know how much time I'll have for stealing secrets. I never was intending or thought I was in a production meeting. I never thought I'd watch any of their practices. And you know what Coach Zimmer said? Don't do that. Right. Timberwolves in action tonight. They're at home against the San Antonio Spurs. News notes from today. That St. Cloud father who went on the lam after his three-year-old boy accidentally shot himself with his father's gun was arrested during a traffic stop in Montana this morning. St. Cloud police said the warrant was issued this morning for 28-year-old William DeAndre Dickerson. He was picked up during a traffic stop in Miles City, Montana, about 1030 this morning. He will remain in custody in Montana pending extradition. The Dickerson went on the run after his son pulled the trigger of a loaded firearm within the reach yesterday, uh, Monday morning, excuse me, saying cloud police think the boy did so accidentally based upon negligent storage of a firearm. He remains in a St. Cloud hospital with what police said are non-life-threatening injuries. Well, isn't a moron more in trouble for fleeing than he would have been to stand there and say, yeah, I, I blew this? He is now. Well, and plus he's also uh, being uh, charged. He was already wanted for being a prohibited felon in possession of a firearm. Mm -hmm. But he's still more in trouble this way than he would have been. Yeah. Because you got to add fleeing on to everything right. else. Right. And then you just make yourself look even more guilty. From the start, Where was mother? That's uh, never addressed in any of the stories. Boy, reporting isn't what, did he leave the kid the, alone in the house? Right. That would be the first thing you would, would my question would be is, what happened to him? Where's mom? From the Star Tribune, U.S. Representative Betty McCollum said today she once used a rolled-up newspaper to fend off an unwelcome advance from another member of Congress. Really, Betty? You Betty? sure? Okay. McCollum said she told him, describing the encounter with an unnamed former colleague, what the hell are you doing? Go away. When the man moved in for an unsolicited hug in a House cloakroom years ago. She said she batted at the advancing congressman with a newspaper as other colleagues looked on and snickered. She said, I sort of handled it with humor, but it was clear, and he never bothered me again. U.S. House instituted mandatory sexual harassment training this week amid a national wave of women stepping forward to share harassment stories that span industries, eras, and political parties. McCollum said she bluntly fended off advances from at least two colleagues over the years. She said, there were two members who I thought were very inappropriate in the way they were addressing me or thinking they wanted to hug me. She said, neither of the men still serves in Congress.
Uh, why would that be news with the cloakroom guy going in for a hug? Because she didn't want him to. Okay. It's a gigantic news story right now. No, I, I know that, but I, I'm saying if somebody, uh, you know, President Bush doing it, grabbing someone's, you know, hind end, that's... The Congress has paid $15 million in of cases no, like No, no, but this. I'm, I'm just saying... Your money. Yeah, $15 million of your from money. cases like this. That was just announced this morning. Okay. For I'm unwa- just saying... unwanted advances okay. from congressmen toward congresswomen. Attorneys for a Wisconsin boy who wants to compete with his high school dance team has filed a complaint with federal civil rights officials after the Minnesota State High School League barred him from the championship competition. The Pacific Legal Foundation filed the complaint with the Office for Civil Rights and the U.S. Department of Education, arguing Minnesota's policy is discriminatory and violates Title IX, which bars sex discrimination in any education program that gets federal funds. 15-year-old Caden Johnson attends Superior High School across the border in Wisconsin. It allows him to dance with the team. That team, though, competes in Minnesota. Johnson was told he couldn't compete with the team because Minnesota doesn't allow boys on high school dance teams. His attorneys claim the league is violating Johnson's constitutional rights. UCLA basketball players thanked President Trump for helping us out after a Twitter nudge from the commander-in-chief who worked to get China to drop shoplifting charges against them. Leangelo Ball said at the press conference earlier this afternoon, I'd like to thank President Trump and the U.S. government for the help. Uh, Cody Riley said to President Trump and the U.S. government, thank you for taking the time to intervene on our behalf. And Jalen Hill said, thank you to the U.S. government and President Trump for your efforts to bring us home. Uh, They may have been given a nudge a little earlier in the day of the president tweeting, do you think the three UCLA basketball players will say thank you, President Trump? They were headed for 10 years in jail. But why are you fishing for the the compliment? Right. This is the part of the wiring that is unfortunate (laughs) when you buy this AC unit. It's disconnected. The uh, three players were arrested after being accused of stealing designer sunglasses from a Louis Vuitton store next to the team's hotel. He can't even do a good thing right. (laughs) A fearless Salt Lake City woman said she was groped during her morning run. She retaliated by stabbing her attacker. Police say they're looking for the injured man who groped her. The woman, not identified, told police she was jogging when a young male groped her from behind. The woman took out a knife and stabbed him a few times while he tried to grab her. The man fled the scene, tried to run to a bus stop. The woman gave chase after the man before she stopped and went home to report the incident, according to police. A police spokesman, Greg Wilking, said in a press conference the suspect had a backpack and was wearing a gray sweatshirt at the time of the incident. He said the suspect will have stab wounds on his arms, chest, and legs, and he asked anyone with information on the suspect to come forward, saying we don't want to have another incident like this. Police took the woman's knife to test it for DNA. He said, we're not sure it'll lead to somebody in the system. There's a good chance if the person is under the age of 18, we may not have their DNA on file. Wilking called the woman prepared and urged others to be aware of their surroundings when they are alone. A painting thought by scholars to be one of only a few by Leonardo da Vinci to have survived the half millennia since the artist's death is set to be auctioned today in New York, where it's guaranteed to sell for at least $100 million. Wow. Boy, I could think of a whole bunch of stuff to do with $100 million bucks, huh? <laughs> the cars I could get. Yeah. <laughs> the garage you would house them in. Yeah. Yeah. Elevators, fancy stuff. 
Art lovers have lined up by the thousands at a special pre-sale exhibition in Hong Kong, San Francisco, London, and New York to see the only work by the Renaissance master that's in private hands. The 500-year-old oil painting depicting Christ holding a crystal orb is called Salvatore Mundi, or Savior of the World. It's one of fewer than 20 paintings by da Vinci known to exist, according to Christie's. Christie specialist Alan Wintermute said, I can hardly convey how exciting it is for those of us directly involved in the sale. The word masterpiece barely begins to convey the rarity of this painting. Wintermute called it the holy grail of old master paintings. Backer of the auction has already guaranteed a bid of at least $100 million. Experts have said it might be worth more, except for the generally poor state of preservation and the lingering questions about its authenticity, 26-inch... Well, Boy. I I'd really want that established. <laughs> yeah, yes, really, uh, right. I want all spend that established <laughs> before you get to hundred mil. A, can you spend a thousand bucks and get the deluxe this kit? Is a, this is a paint by numbers deal, right. is it? Uh, now, how do, what's the commission on that, by the way? Wow, what's the commission for the if house? If it was ten percent, it would be whatever it would be. It would be a million, lot of money. Ten million. There you go. Ten percent of it. I wasn't going to do that because that's man. Yeah, you're not supposed to. Dave Dole. <laughs> Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. Right now we're at 33 degrees. We have uh, wind chills that are making it feel like it's in the lower 20s, and uh, the wind chills are going to stay up there because of our winds. They'll finally die down after midnight tonight, down to that 5 to 15 mile per hour range. 24 for the frozen overnight low tonight. Partly sunny and cool tomorrow again. 38, not quite as cool as today. Southeast winds at around 5 to 10. Friday, light rain and drizzle, likely. 43 for the highs. Saturday, flurries, windy and colder. Uh, with 30, and then 32 on Sunday. So it's going to be a blustery day Saturday with those flurries in the air. It's going to seem very similar to what we had today. 32 on Sunday, and then next week we warm up uh, upper 30s to low 40s, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, with partly cloudy skies expected. Right now it's 33, Joe, and I have the records for the day. November 15. 69 on this day. 69. 1953. 1953. One above. One above. In 1940. In 1940. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Uh, Kenny put this in my mailbox, and I don't know if he thought I would poo-poo it or if I think it would be neat. I think it's neat. What do you got? Hyperloop is coming to downtown Denver. You know what Hyperloop is? I'm unfamiliar with Hyperloop. Colorado drivers may be the first to escape traffic thanks to a new partnership between state officials and a Los Angeles-based Hyperloop tech company. A Revo founder, Brogan Bambrogan, that's a kind of a neat name, isn't it? Brogan Bambrogan. Brogan, uh, that's like Boutros, Boutros Gali. Joined Colorado transportation officials on Denver yesterday to announce a partnership to create a network of roadside tubes at the congested heart of the city that promises to whisk drivers and their cars to their destinations at speeds of up to 200 miles an hour. Wait a minute. Well, you just bear with me. Okay. The public-private players include Arivo the Colorado Department of Transportation, and E-470 Public Highway Authority, which operates a 75-mile user-financed toll road running along the eastern perimeter of the city. The Arivo test site will be near E-470, and groundbreaking is slated for early 2018. Bam Brogan says Arivo's first commercial system could be ready in 2021, depending on funding, regulatory, and public perception hurdles. By way of pitching the Arivo system, Colorado DOT officials speculated the network of tubes filled with high-speed trays to carry cars could cut one hour and ten 
could cut a one-hour and ten-minute drive from downtown to the airport to a nine-minute Arrivo ride. Okay, so in my, let me get a, a picture. So you would you would set the car. Each car would be at an inter, a dis, interval. Imagine going onto a ferry boat, as how I did it. Only you would be driving your car into a tube, onto a tray in the tube. And the tr- and the and once you're locked in, that track just goes. Apparently, with uh, with fifty cars at once, uh, whatever, yeah, because they're not moving; they're they're locked into their. You would hope so, and then say you're going to go from downtown Denver to the airport. It used to be a short hop from the downtown Denver to the airport, but now they put the airport practically in Nebraska. Yeah, yeah, that's a big clumsy airport. So, so you'd get in this hyperloop, and pew, you're there in six minutes. I would. That would. Yeah, that'd be all right. Did you like th- downtown Denver? There's really nothing in downtown Denver. Oh, yeah, that's all right. You got a ballpark down there. A couple of ballparks and a neat, like, old train station, but. Uh, A one-hour slog down the state's busy Boulder to Denver Highway corridor would take eight minutes. Mm. Here's my question. Yeah. Why would you, when you get there, you still got your car. I don't want to be a euphorian, but put me in a chair on that tray and get me to the airport no. in six minutes. No, that doesn't work because what if I what if I'm going to drop you off? I've got to take you to the airport because you're you're going on a of conference somewhere, and then I get back on the tray and and be whisked back downtown, and then I get out of the tube and I'm back to just driving like a, okay, a regular motorist. Maybe you're maybe you're creating their next division. Uh, one car and maybe just a, a passenger one, mm-hmm. where you're you're strapped in and boom, you go. That might not be a bad idea. Uh, Arivo says we're the tech partner in what would be a big partnership involving lawmakers, real estate people, and others. But our job is to show that we can help provide a positive return of investment. Bam Brogum told USA Today, traffic is something people are very eager to solve. Bam Brogan said the idea is to use existing highway right-of-ways to install above-ground tubes mm-hmm. to help commuters cheat traffic by granting them express trips in their own cars to popular destinations. Or in the event the Super Bowl goes to Denver, only the Super Bowl ticket right. holders could right. use, They're the, only could ones use that the hyperloop. Use the express. Everybody yeah. else has got to walk right. to the airport. Why not just build a train? Uh... Well, I have a young son, and my car is filled with everything I need for him, so not taking my car often isn't a great option, uh, that Bam Brogan said. A Revo system is notably different from the more sci-fi version of Hyperloop. The name Tesla CEO Elon Musk gave to the transportation system a white in a white paper he wrote in 2013. That vision, one pursued by a Revo rival Hyperloop, won involves above or below ground vacuum sealed tubes inside which magnetically levitated pods can travel up to 700 miles an hour how is that on the, so that LA, work to on the body? L- la to frisco would be about i can't do the sure, math. don't do the math but what would that do with the body i don't know the g-force on that alone would be uh, tough to deal with uh these Hyperloop systems are aimed at covering hundreds of miles in short time frames, such as turning, well, here it is, such as turning a uh, six-hour L.A. to San Francisco trip into a 30-minute Hyperloop scoot. Well, they did the math for you. Mm-hmm. In theory, it sounds great. I just, I don't know, I guess I don't know how how you could execute that. 
There you, seems so many factors. You getting all the cars on there, out of there, uh, maintenance, if it's down, if it crashes. But I see the tube running alongside the freeway. Yes. And it's, shoo, there you go. Now you're in Boulder. Boom. You get your car out. You got to go do your thing. And you get back on the tube, go back to Denver. Just like that. Yeah, it'd be, instead of the hour and a half, it'd be, what, eight minutes, six yeah, minutes? Yeah. What the hell? An hour and 10-minute drive from downtown to the airport is nine minutes. A one-hour ride down the uh, Boulder to Denver highway would take eight minutes. I wonder what it would cost. I don't know. Does the government provide that? or you said Well, it was... it's a private partner. It's a private-public partnership. But it sounds like what's happening is that Denver is going to actually pursue this. Mm. This sounds like something beyond something in the planning stages. They're going to go ahead with it. But Denver, the Denver airport was the biggest debacle. Remember how long and how many problems they had mm -hmm. to make that thing? Mm -hmm. Well, the company, luck. the company plans to hire forty to fifty people in Denver next year as it puts between ten million and fifteen million into its test track site and open a new engineering and technology center in Denver. Hmm. Holy mackerel! I'm being told Google the Boeing uh, company for Elon Musk's version of Hyperloop. Well, Musk is trying to dig his own tunnel. Yeah, apparently he's already started the uh, boring under the highways. Well, good luck to him. This falls under the rubric of where are we headed? Hyperloop. Hyperloop, let's go. No more traffic. Can't make a move, though. You're stuck. You're stuck in that tube. Or you'd, you'd think what Jesse thought when he got the money for light rail, he thought that would be, mean the freeways would be empty for him. That was a, That's exactly what he was thinking. So we just discussed him. Hyperloop would mean, I would think the freeways would be much emptier if you could make the, an hour trip in eight minutes. That would be great. Who wouldn't opt for the eight minutes? Right. Let's zip up to Brainerd. Let's zip up to the lake. You know? Why aren't they trains, though? Go to the cove. With seating in you know, it. Head to the cove, man. The what? The cove. What's the cove? Everyone's doing it. I'll tell you off the air. 1500 ESPN is KSTP, St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's 33, 33 degrees. Swimsy.